Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Whippy Libraries podcast, Story to Discovery. I'm Kylie, and Shelby is back with us today for a little encore recording. Hello. Um, so today we're going to be talking about kind of graphic novels and comics and their kind of North American evolution. Specific to comics in North America, they first um, emerged in kind of the 1930s. The first comic books featured reprinted content that was previously published in newspapers, um, just as little comic strips. And then they eventually started to branch out into new content. The first superhero comic was um, Superman, 1938. <laughs> uh, it was Action Comics number one. And then Batman um, was less than a year later in Detective Comics number 27. From there, comics saw, you know, highs and lows. They had their they had their moments and then they had their um, less popular moments, but they have obviously stood the test of time as we still have comics published today, and obviously some massive corporations um, like Marvel and DC who have profited from this original content and kind of turned it into you know the MCU and and um, the DC Empire. Yes, <laughs> all the superheroes and graphic novels. Um, which are a kind of cross between a comic and a traditional novel, which tell a full story from beginning, middle, and end um, through a combination of art and text. So these started to emerge in kind of the 1970s when malls and bookstores started to grow in popularity. Comics were typically like you could purchase them at just kind of corner stores. Graphic novels kind of became like a, the bookstore thing. Um, which I think is kind of cool, like that it was like even the changing um, of like retail changed the book market. Well, yeah, I know a lot, a lot of teenagers like hung out at malls. Yeah. So like it makes sense that it would kind of be a more of a draw for them to mm-hmm. go into the bookstores. Yeah. And on that note, there is kind of like the belief that graphic novels are more serious than comic books, but really the only difference in them is, um, you know, comics are a bit more serialized. So they're like told. the Archie comics. Yeah, right? they're told in like more like comic strip format, whereas um, graphic novels are more just like full story arc. It kind of makes me think of like radio versus TV almost. Yeah. Like you would get little snippets of the stories that were going on, but at first it would be kind of in the newspaper and the funnies in the back. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into, you know, like Archie, I'm sure started as a newspaper. And then you would get the tiny little flimsy paperbacks of them. Yeah. And they had like kind of a story with them. You knew the characters, but it wasn't important. You could pick up any single one of them. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were to read, um, what am I thinking of? Uh, just had a TV show. Thinking of a gra- the graphic novel. Um, oh my gosh, Heartstopper? No, not Heartstopper. It was like the first and best graphic novel, and they did a TV show for it for Netflix. Um, and it's uh, oh, Neil Gaiman. Sandman, yeah. Like Sandman, you can't pick up like the third Sandman. You have to read them kind of like in in order order to understand what's going on or like Walking Dead. Walking Dead was a graphic novel Mm -hmm. Um, and then they turned it into a TV show. So it's it's a little bit more like transferable. um, Nowadays, we have a lot of options for consuming comics and graphic novels. Uh, You could buy or borrow them in hard copy from a bookstore or library. Uh, You could read them online through library apps like Hoopla and Libby, which is actually 
really cool. I read um, Dark Crystal. They had like a competition um, for people to create graphic novels for it. Um, and I read them on Hoopla and it's great because you can kind of zoom in and use the magnifying yes. glass and look at like every little piece of it. Plus it reads it in the order it's meant to kind of be mm -hmm. read in too, which is a good like first dive into graphic novels. I did that with the Witcher comics and you, um, it, the Witcher ones, they're very, um, like there's a lot of background detail so it was really really nice to have that like zoom um yeah. ability to see kind of everything in the panel well and they're so beautiful like you really need to like sit like I, I would read the story and then i would sit with the artwork and kind of like look at the little pieces that were going on in the background mm -hmm. um and then of course you could even get the into the indie side and read web comics through sites like webtoon um which also reminds me of Help me with the title again. Laura Olympus. Yes, yeah. Laura Olympus, which started <laughs> as a webtoon yeah. comic and is now a published mm -hmm. graphic novel that you can get at the library. I'm I now sit by the uh, tech department, which processes all of our books. And I just saw Laura Olympus. I guess we got all the copy. Maybe both of those. There was two, and they had different uh, spines. But they're coming in super soon too. So definitely check those out or put them on hold. Um, and then, of course, we have um, web comics have uh, seen a huge boom in the past few years and are only expected to grow even bigger, which makes sense because you can kind of follow your favorite artists mm -hmm. as they continue to publish. Um, with comics made specifically to be read on a mobile phone, um, the convenience is great, but some of the most popular web comics are now being published in actual book form. It's funny, actually, because my partner isn't a huge reader, but he really got into web comics because yeah. he could just sit on his phone and kind of go through them and read the different stories and look at the artwork, and it didn't seem as intensive for him yeah. to read. So I find it's a really good way to kind of start into reading, uh, which kind of brings us to the controversy between people who don't see them as real books. Um, classics retold through graphic novels like Shakespeare and Green Gables. The Great Gatsby was made into a graphic novel. We have another version of that coming as well. I saw that in Tech 2. Um, just like every genre, reading is subjective and everyone likes something different. Um, a variety of genres within the graphic novel format, adventure, Adventure, adventure uh, sci-fi, fantasy, humor, historical horror, nonfiction. And yes, there are nonfiction graphic novels. If you go upstairs in our main library to the adult uh, graphic novel section, um, we have so many different books that are nonfiction graphic novels, yeah. which is really, I think, an amazing way uh, to get people to continue to read. Um, well, I love that there's like, um, like graphic memoirs people will yeah write their memoir or their like autobiography in graphic novel format which is so cool oh yeah I actually have one on hold right now or on my desk um and it's about her neurodivergent like life and I think she mm -hmm. has autism she was diagnosed at a later um age um oh my gosh I'm so bad with all of my titles right now but it was a really amazing way to kind of interact with something that maybe a lot of people are kind of experiencing um without it being just a block of text in front of you mm -hmm. they're more accessible yeah. too um and despite the fact that most people associate comics and graphic novels with artwork they're also full of text so readers are still working on their reading comprehension and vocabulary skills um graphic novels can be great hook for reluctant readers because they're so engaging um the combination of text and images uh can be really helpful for readers to understand what's happening in the story they can kind of go back and forth from seeing what they're reading to what's visually going on and i think i've read somewhere that graphic novels have more unique words per um 
like per text than a novel would have mm -hmm. um, because people are able to figure out what they mean based on what's going on yes, in the story. Um, like the context clues. Yes. It's, it's easier to, yeah, like build your vocabulary with that because you can kind of see what's going on instead of having to make it up in your brain. Yeah. And they're also a really great way to learn a new language. Um, one of my friends, brothers, uh, he actually met his uh, partner who is from Sweden, and she taught him how to speak Swedish through graphic novels and reading back and forth with him because you're getting not only like the spoken context of the language, but you might be getting um, like, uh, what are, what are my like thinking? a visual context. Yes, but you're also getting like slang that people oh, are yeah. going to use more often yeah. than if you were just trying to conjugate verbs, right? Like people don't speak the way that you're supposed to write if you want to like put it as the right way to speak. Graphic novels can have plots, characters who are just as complex as regular novels. Uh, the only true difference between graphic novels and a novel is the presence or absence of images and illustrations. Honestly, I feel like it's almost more complicated to create a graphic novel because you have to be able to rely upon the artwork and still get people to connect with what's going on but you have more freedom to express and do things like Sandman's like Neil Gaiman was able to do that with this graphic novel because you have more freedom get a little bit more wiggle room with the way that you artistically include people in your literature which I think is really amazing you can visually include people who are of different abilities and language styles and it's just I think it's more accessible in general it's it's such a cool format because like yeah you do have the story but then you have like this beautiful art as well to go along with it and it's just I find that they're so fascinating to look at and read like there's just so much thought that goes into it and like a lot of them are so heavily detailed like it like the backgrounds it's just like wow what's somebody what's, put a lot of work into yeah, this and yeah just, I appreciate it yes um on that note we have some um kind of new and new ish um comics and graphic novel releases um that came out kind of over the past um few months past six months um one is the heartstopper yearbook by alice oseman that came out in october if you read or watched um the heartstopper series on netflix or read the series in graphic novel format the Heartstopper yearbook um, basically is like a published set of exclusive content. So it's like character profiles and like trivia. And um, the author, Alice Oseman, like drew themselves as a narrator. And so I love that. Alice is like in all the panels being like, hey, here's this. And it's, I think that's just so fun. <laughs> Again, like what a original way of like telling a story yeah like, that's, that's it so came fun. right from her heart too right and now she gets to be in there with her characters yeah. which is that would be so much fun to be, like be the author and then be like and now i'm here too <laughs> yeah i love that i just think that that's such a fun um way of like presenting like exclusive um bonus content yeah um we also have the tryout by christina Sorterbat, uh which came out in september um so this one is a middle grades it is two best friends who have always yearned to fit in at school jump at the chance to join their cheerleading squad but will their friendship uh survive the pressure of tryouts and competition so that one is you know just kind of about life in middle school and like the pressure of being like a preteen. Yeah, I think that's something that, I mean, everybody can kind of get into. Like when I did Reading Buddies, the, I mean, the group is younger, grades one through three, um, but 
the books that they were really drawn to were typically graphic novels. Mm -hmm. And I think when I was a reading buddy myself, like we never had those as a choice, but I was like, I don't care what you're reading as long as you read it. But something like this, even like the, the babysitters club has their own versions or mm -hmm. sisters is something that's so huge with, yeah. with young girls and still resonates to this day. Mm -hmm. So, and they're telling like these great stories of, um, this, you know, struggle childhood life. Yeah. <laughs> this hidden gem which is miss butterworth and the mad baron by julia quinn um which is a hidden gem graphic novel julia quinn historical romance graphic novel which is amazing <laughs> i didn't know this existed um for those of you who don't know julia quinn, quinn is the author of bridgerton which obviously has blown up over the last couple of years um so this one's the romantic adventure that is told in snippets through several julia quinn novels uh follow miss butterworth as she ex escapes cruel family and falls into an adventure with with the Mad Baron. This would be so much fun. I feel like historical novels like could really have a lot of fun with this because yeah. I don't know, I had a really hard time figuring out like what petticoats were yeah. and different things. So this could be a really good way to grab readers. I agree. Like this is such a great way of, yeah, if you're not as familiar with like certain historical periods, you won't know like what are their, what is their clothing like? Like what would a home look like? Um, so it's a great way of giving somebody a visual. Yeah, like getting that background information. Yeah, no, I really love this idea. Um, there's also Cryptid Club by Sarah Anderson, um, a humor collection of comic strips featuring a variety of mythical creatures from Loch Ness Monster to Mothman. I have read this one. It is the cutest thing in the world. It's really funny and it just like plays on all of the like lore. Yeah, yeah they're, they're really funny. Um, and then we also have Chef's Kiss by Jarrett uh, Melendez. This graphic novel follows recent college graduate Ben as he tries to find a job relating to his love of writing. Uh, but when nothing seems to come up, he finds a job posting at a restaurant with no experience needed. It's only temporary, right? Does he fall in love with like he does. cooking? He falls in love with cooking and also a chef. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Oh, so it's like a little romance. Yeah. Plus, food literature is one of my favorite types of literature um, because it leans so heavily on like the love and smell and experience of cooking. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is another really great way to visually get to watch somebody create a dish or like be in a kitchen. It gives me like ratatouille vibes. I don't know. <laughs> I love, I love the little like creation of food. Like I don't personally like cooking, but I'll watch somebody cook. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So what you're reading, Kylie? Ooh, okay. So I just finished reading The Radium Girls by Kate Moore. Um, it is nonfiction. Um, so not my usual cup of tea, um, but it was so fascinating. Um, so it's basically, I listened to the audiobook, which was really great. Um, and it essentially is um, a nonfiction account of the girls who worked at radium watch dial um, factories in like the 1920s um, and how they essentially all got radium poisoning from the paints that they were using to paint the watch dials um but nobody understood what was happening to them yeah and they all start getting really sick and dying of really mysterious causes um and it's doctor so there some of them have really really great doctors who are trying to figure out what's wrong with them and they keep going to the company because they're like, what a weird coincidence that all of you worked at the radium dial factory, but the factory- Isn't it on their hands a lot too? Like... It's in their mouths. Oh, it's because they, they no. would, 
there, the technique for painting was you dip the brush in the radium paint, you put it in your mouth to point the bristles, and then you paint it. Oh my gosh. And it's just, it was so heartbreaking reading this. Um, but it was also like so, you know, I, I kind of knew about the radium situation. Just Like I kind of knew a little bit of the history, yeah. but I didn't know much. And so reading it, I was just like, oh my gosh, it's a little bit. Um, there's a lot of description of like the actual um, diseases and illnesses and injuries that happen. So if you're squeamish, it might be a little much, um, but it was just such a like heart-wrenching story of these women and their like fight for justice because they were trying to prove that it was their work making them sick. And what year was this that it happened? Um, they... I believe it opened in like 19, like the book opens in like 1918. Yeah. Yeah. It starts in World War I. Yeah. And it continues up until I believe 1939. It's so long. It's yeah. So um, and yeah, it was just, it was so good. But it was also just so heart-wrenching. On a lighter note, um, I have actually been reading. Uh, for anybody who is not a long-time listener, I am notorious for uh, not actually reading the books that I say that I've been reading. I've mean, <laughs> been really bad about it. But um, I have officially finished three books this year. Um, so right now I am listening to an audiobook from Hoopla called My Beautiful Neighbor. It is part of the Green Family series. Um, and it's by Piper Rain. Uh, it takes place in Alaska, and it is a blended family. Um, so the first one is going to be with um, the oldest, uh, who is about 30 years old. The oldest brother, and he owns a brewery with the other like oldest sibling, and a mysterious woman comes to town to um, a a funeral that's occurred for this other girl that is best friends with one of their brothers. Again, there's quite a few of them. Um, she is a librarian, which I love. Uh, and you come to find out that uh, this woman who is the librarian, uh, her parents had had a secret love child in Connecticut and given her up for adoption before returning back to Alaska. Um, and upon their mother's deathbed, she decided to write to both of them and left them her sewing shop sister decides, um, the one that ended up getting to stay in Alaska, to give it, she gives her half to her other sister. So she leaves it to her sister and her sister decides to open a bookshop um, because she always wished that she had done English in school, but her parents pushed her to do business. Um, so she opens a little fiction bookstore uh, that focuses on fiction, teen reads, and uh, picture books and story times. I think it's called the Storybook Store. Yeah. Um, and she wants to basically, you know, help people fall in love with literature, kind of like she had. Um, and there's a couple meddling grandmas that want the them basically to get together. Uh, so there is some meddling there, and I'm assuming they're going to fall in love. And she, of course, stays in Alaska. Move on to um, some new books that came, are coming out or have already come out in January. Um, first, um, as you all probably know, um, Prince Harry's memoir, Spare, just came out. So this is probably, I want to say, like one of the most highly anticipated books of the year. So essentially, um, if you don't know, this memoir is Prince Harry telling the story of his life as the second brother in the line of succession. Um, going into some details about his family and his married life. I mean, if you look at our bibliographic record right now, it just says 
by Harry, which yeah. we kind of laughed at because he's just like a Madonna now. But yeah. I mean, you know, go for it, Harry. Uh, all right. And we also have The Villa by Rachel Hawkins coming out, uh, which is childhood friends Emily and Chess hope to reconnect on a girl's trip to Italy. Ooh, I love that. Right. Uh, the villa where they stay was the site of a brutal celebrity murder. Ooh. As Emily digs into the villa's complicated history, she begins to think there might be more to the story of that fateful summer in 1974, um, that perhaps the murder was more sinister than believed yet the closer that emily gets to the truth the more tension she feels developing between her and chess as secrets from the past come to light equally dangerous betrayals from the present also emerge and it begins to look like the villa will claim another victim before the summer ends no i got a feeling you would like this one <laughs> this sounds amazing oh i want to read this i love i haven't read any of her thrillers yet but like every rachel hawkins thriller just sounds so cool and it's a like murder mystery yeah. i love that and 1974 such a chef's kiss i love that <laughs> love it um, okay, and then we also have Locust Lane by Stephen M. Amidon. Uh, on the surface, Emerson, Massachusetts, just like any other affluent New England suburb. Uh, but when a young woman is found dead in the nicest part of town, the powerful neighbors close ranks to keep their family safe. When the death kicks off an investigation into the, the three teenagers who were partying with her that night, each one becomes a suspect. Their parents, each with motivations of their own, only complicate the picture. They will do anything to protect their children, even at the other's expense. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I love a good, I love a good murder mystery and like parents. I don't know. There's something so like interwoven and uh, I this don't one, know. Good. They um the like description of it was said it's you know it's a thriller but it's like a family drama thriller and I was like ooh kind of like little fires everywhere. That's what I was yeah thinking. yeah. Yes, that was also phenomenal. The TV show was equally as good. Okay, and last up on our new January books, we have Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert. Um, this one is a YA novel. It's her first YA. Um, so these days, there's nothing left between childhood best friends Celine and Bradley other than petty insults and academic rivalry. So when Celine signs up for a survival course in the woods, she's surprised to find Brad right beside her. Forced to work as a team for the chance to win a grand prize, these two teens must trudge through not just mud and dirt, but also their messy past. My, I love a good Talia Hibbert. I, I ordered that one because I just love Talia Hibbert, and it arrived the other day, and I'm so excited to read it. <laughs> yes, we're very picky about what we actually purchase, but if it's a good author, we know we're going to buy it. Talia Hibbert. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, we have some hidden gems, or in case you missed it. So first is Closer Than You Think by Darren O'Sullivan. You really went hard on thrillers, eh? I did. I didn't realize <laughs> that until just now, but yeah, hey, thrillers. New year, new us. Season yeah. three, here we go. Okay. Uh, a gripping thriller following Claire, who barely escaped a serial killer and became an overnight celebrity for her survival. Love that. The killing stopped and life moved on. Ten years have now passed, but Claire is still traumatized, obviously. Yeah. And then one day, another victim is found killed in the exact same way the killer is back and he's coming for claire um and we also have a dark and hollow star by ashley shuttleworth um this one is an urban fantasy set in toronto which i think is so so cool um like literally the cover the cn tower is on the cover i love that also canadian author yeah so you know as we figure but still canadian author shout out um so in this world the fairy folk have existed for centuries hidden by magic and bound by law to do no harm to humans until one day 
Stop. It's still kind of a thriller. Oh. So one day, a series of ritualistic murders rock the city and threaten to expose the fairies to the human world. So four teens will try to track down the killer to protect the fates of the fairy and human realms and keep them from falling into war. Kylie, did you make this list just for me? Apparently I did. Oh my goodness. Well, I want to read every single one of those. I also have Fairy Tale by Stephen King in my car right now. Mm. Um, so I, I'm going to see if I can get into it, but I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe next time I'll pop in and tell you if I read it or not. But all right. So, of course, we're coming to the end of our show today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, as always, feel free to email us reviews of your favorite books to share in an upcoming episode. Uh, you can send reviews in an email. Our email address is in the show notes or on social media. All right. So, of course, some things to keep in mind for the upcoming month is a, a blind date with a book, which is Kylie's domain. So do you want to give them a brief synopsis? Yes. So we're going to be doing um, our blind date with a book program um, starting February 1st. Basically, you can come into any branch of the Whitby Public Library and pick up a surprise book. So everything is um, wrapped and it just has like a clue kind of on the front. So um, it'll also have a genre. So if you're really into fantasy or really into sci-fi or drama, you can go to your preferred genre, um, take a look at the clues, pick a book, and see what you get. And um, there are review cards inside each book, so you can write a little review and return those for a chance to win a prize. Yes, and of course, you can always email which book you got in your surprise bag to us, and we can tell everybody what it was. Of course, we do also have our 2S LGBTQ plus online book club. We always hope that you guys can check out that. It is course online so you don't really have to go anywhere all the books are always on hoopla mm -hmm. so you can stay in the comfort of your own home and still join us Very um yes we also have some adult book clubs at all locations check out our website for registration information uh for those of you who don't know you can go to whitbylibrary.ca hover over programs and services and click the program calendar which will take you directly over to our program calendar with all of our events going on um and we have some author visits coming up as well uh please check those out. And also, if you have any teens in your life who are looking for volunteer hours, my new job is to help with the teen advisory group. So they are a group that helps us uh, advise on teen services and programs, help with the collection, and they get community service hours for joining. Um, and we'll also get information on other volunteer hours that they can help us with here at the library. So if you have a teen in your life who needs to, you know, get some community hours, then please reach out because we would love to have them. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us this January. I was so happy to get to be here yet again. This is probably my actual last one. <laughs> um, and we'll see you guys in a month. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.